0: This show is brought to you by Slice on Broadway. Supporting Pittsburgh podcasting with the perfect pepperoni pizza, SliceOnbroadway.com. And listeners like you support this show at patreon.com/slash awesomecast. I'm getting awesome! You're getting awesome! We're getting awesome! Yeah, that's what I seven! I'm getting awesome! You're getting awesome! We're getting awesome! Yeah,
1: that's what trying to Welcome
2: to the Awesome for those of you that are wondering what's going on, you have a Sorg this week, but not the Sorg. That's because uh, we'd like to talk to the ladies this week. So we've got Katie Dutter. Hello, friends. She's the usual face. Yep. And uh, we've got Cynthia Klosky joining us as well. Well, hi. Hi. And of course, this is the awesome cast, the show where we get geeky and talk tech, social media, and more with the local nerds that use it live right here from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So you know What? I think that we have some awesome things of the week. I'm just jumping right in. Do it. Don't look at me like that, Sorg. This is my show, not yours. Just he for today. does
1: what she wants. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, he's he's still running tech over there for us. Um No yeah, uh Jimmy kick it off? Yeah. Sweet. Do you do you finally have your awesome thing of the week? Yes, I told you. Okay.
1: Um my awesome thing of the week is um President Obama finally checked out VR and cardboard with googly eyes. I mean, the picture is, is the awesome thing more than the actual article. Um, apparently, um, uh, the way this article sounds, it's like he has never tested VR before. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, if you look at the picture, I really enjoy how he's holding his hand out in front of it. Like, oh, I can see my hand. I'm like, that's not how that works. Yeah, That's, that's, not, <laughs> really that's not how works. any of this works. But he did try the virtual reality. and they. I don't know who gave him the cardboard, but there are definitely googly eyes on there. And I want to put googly eyes on everyone's cardboard now. And um, he mu- he mentioned that this was a brave new world, this VR world that we're creating for ourselves. And um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that I don't understand why it's like a big deal because it really makes it sound like he has never done this before. And I would hope if he would try this before. Oh, well, he previously admitted to having a virtual golfing range in the White House, but that's it.
2: But the the virtual golfing range in the White House would that have like a virtual headset or would how how would that be set up like? I, i'm picturing something star trek
1: i'm picturing something like at the bars like where you just have like a screen and like brrr, you just make the swinging motion like i don't picture it as high techy like an oculus or an htc it's more of like a you know, something a like a, bar
2: little, setup. Little, <laughs> a little setup that projects
3: interesting so cindy have you had a chance to try out any of this vr stuff i haven 't uh I, I I keep thinking that it should be simpler than it is to to get a hold of it but i I think I must hang with the wrong circles like or i don't see enough people in real life to have a virtual life i don't i don't know somehow there's a there's a paradox there
1: i think um I think <clears throat> one of the problems with v r right now is the way they kind of portray it as being uh not somebody something that everybody can get a hold of uh for example, like the cardboard you can order through Google i think it's like ten or twelve bucks it's really right. inexpensive. And even just for playing around and looking in the virtual world, um, uh, Sorg and I actually went to a meetup last week where we talked with a group of people who were just, you know, designing VR, designing in this whole world and who are just fanatics for it. And it was such a cool eye-opening experience to see, like, all the different uses for it. And, you know, it was like, oh, you could just, you know, explore under the ocean or you could shoot and be a space pirate. So it was like a lot of, like, these, it sounded like really addicting games and some of them sound like quite the workout, too, which I was like, oh, I want to check these out. (laughs)
3: Well, the, so I, I think so. Those things sound appealing, and and at the same time, apparently, there's nothing that's that's like, oh, that's the killer app. You know, like that's mm-hmm. the reason why I need this. Mm-hmm. Um, al- although I, um, I mean, I can imagine that there would be one. It's just that nothing has wandered past my, you know, my eyeballs to say, oh my God, that's something I have to try. Even if it's ten or twelve bucks, it's still, you know, still have to order it and wait for it, and yeah. then it's there
1: exactly and like like you said there's like there's nothing there there were so many games that they mentioned that I have not even heard of that it was like oh wait a minute what i i've like so tunnel vision to not even see this world like i think i understand it and i think i have a hand in it and then i go wait a minute no i don't i don't have a slight grasp on this whole entire world universe of the, you know this vr universe so yeah there's nothing yet i'm like oh my gosh i need this right now to change my life
2: well, even so like i think it's more along the lines that obviously vr is a new tech and people are still trying to get their feet wet with it. Um you know, like I kind of envision where things were when video games first started and now mm-hmm. the way that things have developed and changed, that, you know, they're they're using, you know, simulators to help train people in, you know, armed forces and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, so if if they can do that sort of thing with, with VR, you know, can you imagine doing VR surgery as a as a surgical student? Mm-hmm type of thing I think that that would be kind of an interesting movement for it
3: there there's this there's this thing though that it's kind of like what you were saying there's a lot of potential but mm-hmm like what am I going to be able to use like right now? And mm-hmm. and I realized like, this is a podcast, like most of the people, most of the things that we talk about here, we, we tend to be on that cutting edge or bleeding edge when we talk. But at the same time, sometimes in your day, you know, i I'm on the bleeding edge on this technology. You mm-hmm. can't be that on every technology. Oh my gosh. You know?
1: No, you lose your mind. That's it's one of those <laughs> things. It's like, Oh, I have to know this. I have to do this. And you could just easily bury yourself and then you don't want to do anything. You're like, Nope, done. Like just just like the total burnout of not wanting to look oh, at yeah. anything.
3: Where I think it would be interesting, and I think there was something in the notes, I don't know if there's an uh, article we want to talk about later, but or now, um, but to experience things that someone else is, a, is really experiencing would be interesting. You know, so to, like, for me, you know, designing, you know, user experiences um, for marketing or communications purposes to, to be able to see what it's like. You know, like you, you hear about people wearing a suit that lets you feel like what is it like to have arthritis, mm-hmm. you know, like – or, or um, to to just be smaller or taller or whatever so that it, it, it causes you to feel how different the world is as you get older. So if if there's like a, a, a VR thing that helps me understand what's it like to be um, uh, color blind or to have some sort of vision impairment or to have an audio impairment – auditory impairment I guess mm-hmm. is the word I want. Those things, you know – they wouldn't be fun. They wouldn't be recreational, but they would be, they would have a great value. Absolutely.
1: One of the things a lot with the VR is, is the empathy kind of, uh, um, some sign of things. And, um, I saw an article about, um, it was, you want to become a vegetarian? Watch this video. (laughs) This is why people are vegetarians. Um, the, the article, I'll just jump into the article. Essentially, um, at the Tribeca Film Festival, they had a section where it was all pretty much VR. And one of the couple of the films included somebody who had lost his sight and what it was like to be blind and having to use your other senses. And then another one was what it was like to be in a cell in solitary confinement. And we think, I mean, there are things beyond art beyond us that we'll ever, hopefully never have to experience, and you know, it's like the solitary confinement, but um, there are things that we need to experience as human beings to increase empathy. Like, for example, one of the things I always say is I think everybody should either work in food or as in retail mm-hmm. because that just develops you as a better person. Cause you understand the struggle going be, above and beyond like mm-hmm. things that are beyond your control. And I think I like the idea of virtual reality kind of giving more people empathy, like, Oh my gosh, this is, I'd never imagined that this would be this hard or this, extreme for you
3: yeah, yeah yeah to live your to live a day you know to walk a mile in someone else's shoes or to live a day in someone else's experience so you're making choices uh, you know it's like you know choose your own adventure but one where it's like not a, a someone else's just simple life. That, that seems like it would have a lot of value kind of a way to help you like check your privilege you know really mm-hmm. understand oh, gosh, where yeah. your advantages lie and you might be overseeing you know overlooking them
2: Sword, help me out on this one uh I can't remember if it was on the show or if it was in a discussion with Chris Whitlatch about the video that they did with following the the girl through the village on her way to get water.
0: Uh, That was with uh, Charity Water. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was uh, super effective for them to uh, 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 get uh, donors. And he said – I think he was saying that they – they got more donors than you know donations than than they typically do uh, from an event where they were showing this off.
2: Yeah, because it was it was more like you guys said it was the empathy angle that people were actually able to you know experience from that perspective uh, what it's actually like, and it it just adds a completely different aspect to everything.
3: Well, I'm pretty good for a, a president or any other leader of the of a country to um, have a start getting their feet wet in that
2: then oh absolutely and i like the googly eyes so he's still kind of watching what's what's going on around him <laughs>
1: <laughs> i <still> see you my <laughs> one googly eye and there were two googly eyes <laughs> <laughs> one was long you know they're all left- <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> wonderful well thanks thanks for uh that little uh, walk there katie um cindy you have, you have something kind of new. I have a new to you. Of the
3: week. Now, it is not um, an electronic device. But oh, it is, okay. But I, but I feel like geeks you drink a lot of caffeine, mm-hmm. if I'm not wrong. And so this is um, a technological marvel that makes uh, the consumption of caffeine faster. So it's the it, – um, I have it here, and there's a link in the show um, information too. The Ingenuity, you can use it for tea or coffee, I'm told. Um, Anyway, this is my mom's, and I liked it so much that I have ordered my own, and it's arriving today, and I'm not in Pittsburgh to enjoy it, but I have this one here to show you. Anyway, so you put the tea and the coffee in, and then you let it sit, and then you put it on the cup, and the tea comes through. Oh, oh, nice. That is an optimal um, caffeine um, creation device, and I think it is indeed ingenious, so I encourage everyone. Wonderful.
2: So it looks kind of like a French press that you can actually drain the stuff out of. But it's,
3: yeah, but it's a. Um, I mean, you can see there's like a. Maybe you can't see there's a filter thing here, oh, okay. and so magically, like you put the water in, and nothing comes out. Nothing comes out until you put the cup underneath, and then it comes out. Oh, cool! Okay. That's the engineering magic. Nice. And then it's pretty easy to clean too, because you unscrew this thing and you dump it out, as opposed to you know with a French press scraping it out with your hand and whatnot. Yeah. That's so, a great way for loose leaf tea. minding here of the French press cleaning process, which I think almost everyone is, is familiar with if you use a French press.
2: <laughs> Definitely, that that way looks way easier and way more technologically advanced. We'll we'll go there.
3: Future, and then you can have more drink more tea, and then create more geeky things, and you know the world will clearly be a, a better but more frazzled place.
2: Mm-hmm. Zoom zoom zoom. I like it as Katie drinks her coffee. Uh-huh. <laughs> for that. Okay, well, uh, I know that we've talked about all sorts of different tech apps and and technology for you know tracking and doing things and uh for me i I have my Fitbit, and primarily the reason that I have my Fitbit is I've not upgraded to a an official watch item because I don't know what I want as far as a watch is concerned. And in order for me to spend like two to $300 for a smartwatch, I want it to have all of the features, or at least most of the features that I want with it in order to, to make that happen. Um, the Apple Watch, I, everybody loves the idea of the Apple Watch because it's tech literally on your wrist and it's all sorts of fun. Um, but my biggest setback with that was I wanted to have it do more with my activity tracking and and whatnot. So I was really happy to hear that Apple Watch is getting a serious heart monitoring um, with the new Cardia wrist strap. And essentially what this is, is that they're saying that it's, you know, technologically advanced version of uh, a monitor that automatically tracks and sets with everything without having to have all of the, the fun stuff the the peripherals with it. Uh, The other fun thing about it is that it's like legit. It's almost an FDA approved ECG accessory and and it's putting all of the rest of the, the heart monitoring devices to shame practically with, with how accurate and the medical grade is, is literally like all throughout this article that we're reading. Um, So I'm, I'm kind of interested in what that sort of aspect would bring to things. And what it's going to do with the competition, because obviously if, if other app designers and and other developers are looking at different things, you know, people are are going to be shelling out some money for this more impressive object. How's it going to do for, for competition? I think it's going to stir the pot quite literally uh, to, to make it just something that that's going to be super exciting. And I I'm, I'm really excited about the aspect of it and it's bumped the Apple watch a little bit higher on my comparison list. Most definitely.
1: I, I like that. It's, you don't have to have everything built into the device. Yeah. Like these new accessories are just fantastic where, you know, it's like, Oh, you don't have to, cause there's always a need. Oh, I need to upgrade. I need to, you know, get the newest model because mm-hmm. i want this. I need the newest model for this. And now you could, I, I always like the the play and the additional things like that. I'm like, this is cool.
2: Yeah. And, and that's, that's just it, like, um, I'm, a few versions back with the Fitbit, I, I'm on the Flex. So it's just my little tracker that I put into my wristband and it lights up with the lights. But it's nice to be able to, hey, this is kind of cool. This is a strap. I can put this strap on. Or, you know, oh, no, the strap broke. I don't have to get a whole new you know, Apple Watch. I just need to get a new strap. So I, I think that that's kind of a cool way to do it. And, yes, I did yeah. put the strap on.
3: I'm I'm new to my, my I'm still in I'm still in, in the honeymoon phase with my Apple Watch, um, and so a part of what I have liked about it because I am in that I am you know. A, type A, like check things off, how am I doing, what's my grade for the day type person. Um, I enjoy the performance piece, you know, where it tells me, have I moved enough today? Have I walked all my steps and stood every hour and all those things? I feel I feel quite like I've achieved so much just from standing up every now and again. But one of the things that's kind of um, less great about it, because it isn't using heart rate in the same way, is that like when I drove from Pittsburgh to Butler, you know, I drove for an hour, I'm sitting still in the car for that hour. Um, and so that I should have like no, no, any like increased much, much of anything. And yet the uh, watch is convinced that I was up and walking for that entire time because of the car moving, which oh. tells you maybe about the car I was driving. But still the point is <laughs> it really, there's only so much that it's can do for you. And, and so in real life, does that matter to me? Not, not so much. I mean, the, it, these things are really guides, but if you really do care, if you are trying to make some, um, you know, if you are trying to, to do something or you have some some medical reason why you need to um, have monitoring, this kind of a uh, higher grade um, tool that you can just add it on, that is pretty amazing. And then people who don't need it don't have to add it on. So we aren't all pushed up to that higher price point.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the customization, I think, is is key for a lot of different things. Um, you know, it's more than just, oh, I want a blue band. Like you said, it's it's I'd like to have this do this. Well, I don't need that to do that. And it, it makes it a huge part of the market aspect of it,
3: well, and you have to figure I mean for something to be um, fda approved that it, I mean that just the cost of going through that process is so high that's that's part of the time that's involved, and it's part of what's so I wouldn't be surprised to know that that ban doubles the cost of the thing.
2: Oh absolutely, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised about that, um, which is kind of cool because like you know kind of going back to the versatility on things i I can almost see you know going into my doctor and saying you know hey you need to be more active you you need to get you know something to monitor this talk to you know so and so is this going to be something that's going to be a medical device qualification for it or is it just going to stay with the fun cool techie type of thing
1: Ooh, like the insurance coverage would you get more insurance yeah coverage that's because- that's what i'm wondering yeah. mm-hmm.
2: like it's it's a fun little question that that was in the back of my head as i was checking this out
3: and then can i watch somebody else's thing if i'm monitoring them yeah 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 that's a very interesting
2: Yes, I, I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, I, during Startup Weekend, back uh, in October when I participated, uh, they were talking about one of the there, – there was a company that was doing medical integration. And essentially, they have an app that was developed. They give you a Fitbit-like device, and they can actually pull up your information and see if your doctor tells you that you should be walking for 30 minutes a day. They can track and see if you're actually walking for 30 minutes a day. Um, there was one that had diabetic integration so that, like, if you had glucose issues, like, it, it would test something within your skin to, to test what your diabetes level were, was. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting to see how everything has, has evolved and changed with regard to just something as simple as a wristwatch.
3: Right. But they are being cautious here about saying how much it's going to cost. And I'm curious whether that's, like, a market decision or there's still more development happening on it or I imagine they're testing out different price points as as far as researching it.
2: Too. Yeah, I would, I would hope so at least. Mm-hmm. Well, very cool. Very cool. Uh I think that it's a really good time to, to go ahead and, uh, give a shout out to our, our Patreons. Um, you know, talking about some of the different things that, that we do um, kind of plays into the fact that we're here talking to you folks because people are interested. We have people in the chat room each week. We have people that actually have supported us on Patreon. Uh, we've got Seed Business Development and The Michael Fedor Show. Um, so, you know, fans just like everybody else that that listens to the show and, and loves the contribution and loves what we're doing and – decided that they were going to support us on, on Patreon. So, uh, of course, if you'd like to become a Patreon, uh, go ahead and visit our website and you can, you can check out uh, the how t- the how to on that aspect of things. But otherwise, uh, you can also hit us up just, just, just to chat. Um, we'll be getting into some fan submissions here in a little bit. Uh, so there's different ways to contact us via email and Twitter and Facebook and Google plus. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, you
1: know, this is a good break.
2: What's that? Pizza. We do have pizza, but mm-hmm. you do not have a pizza desk
1: this week. I do not have a pizza desk. This is this is another sword problem.
2: <laughs> this is very disconcerting. Yeah. Although, the sword problems that we were having earlier, you would have thrown your pizza desk.
1: Yeah, I know. That's what I needed. I needed something to throw. Uh, yeah, we have to thank our friends at Slice on Broadway for the beautiful pizza. Oh, look how Sorg's doing a great t- What happened to half the pizza? <laughs> the uh,
2: pizza already Pizza gets eaten in the studio. Have you
1: not noticed this? Yes. <laughs> wait to thank Slice on Broadway for um, giving us this pizza every week. And please go visit them and enjoy some of their delicious pizza. Oh, absolutely. And I,
2: personally, I mean, their their pepperoni and cheese that they give us each week is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, but uh, and it's also been New York approved by by the likes of Mad Mike. But um, They have specialty pies as well. Essentially, you can take any of their subs, their hoagies, and ask them to make it into pizza form, and they'll do it. Uh, The gonzo is amazing. So if you go ask for the gonzo, you'll love it. Uh, Their buffalo chicken is also really, really good. Um, So, yeah, check them out. It's nice on Broadway. Tell them we sent you. They'll love that.
1: I have an app of the week. You do? Yep, I do. Um, it's called We Do. <laughs> hey, We Do. We do. We have an app of the week. <laughs> and, you know, we, we all have about five million different task lists on our phone and five different million different task apps on our phone. Uh, this new one's called We Do, and it just came out a couple days ago. It's in the, um, the um, Apple store. Um, not quite on Android yet. But it what it does is it's not only just a to-do list. It's a social to-do list, so you can share it with it the, what they call your tribes. So if, for example, if you have roommates and you want to put them all on the list like, hey, so-and-so, can you go buy, you know, can you pick up some bread or something for the house? Or did you pay the utilities? Uh, you can have conversations <laughs> with them and you can label each of your tribes. Um, maybe you just have a conversation with uh, your family and you're planning an event. Or if you have business, um, we all use Slack, obviously. but. <laughs> uh you could do business stuff through this too where you can assign to-do lists and then chat about these to-do lists. Uh I like the interface it's very very clean. It's it's pretty much a, a white screen with some little pictures and text and a little bit of blue and that's it. Um a lot of these things get a little junked up after a while I think on the um the to-do to-do list which makes me want to avoid them because they're just overwhelming to look at. But uh I really like how the, this one looks and it's free right now in the app store. Nice. Mm-hmm the iTunes
3: store. So. Have you looked at, um, very Trello? Cause that's, a, yes. an app yeah, as well. Um, and so a little, not exactly social in the same way, but it, I use it like individually for tasks because it makes it easy to rearrange things and, and put notes on them, but you can also have like a little group. Um, but the interface of it is uh, not as, as simple and elegant as this one seems to be, mm-hmm. but I'm curious whether you ever played with it.
2: Yeah. I, actually have a couple of different Trello projects going. Um, I use Trello for Sorg stuff. I also use Trello for bold. So I have two different aspects of that. And I can, I, I like Trello because I can do color combination and color coordination. So when I look at things, the purple stuff is all Sorg. Uh, the pink stuff for me is all bold. And I like that it has reminders and different things that I can set it to remind me when my deadline is due for, for my bold article, for instance, and it'll send me text and and email notifications for that. So I like it.
1: I use Trello when I for scarehouse things like events um that I'll put the event at the top and then the things I have to do underneath for each event mm-hmm. cuz I might think of something and go oh shoot we want to do this for this one coming up or we want to do this for this so I it's a nice way for me to kind of have everything visually laid out and then I can remember things and maybe oh look I for this event we tried this maybe this time I'll try this that's what I use it for mainly it's just <laughs> it's personal there's no there's any social in that end
2: nice mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, one of the other fun things about the show is that uh, we we take fan contributions um, either through email or a lot of it is is actually via Twitter. Uh, Also from the chat room during the, during the show's live. And this week we have a submission from uh, Doug Durda at Douglas Durda um, on Twitter. He's been following the the sling stuff and he was super excited to let us know that uh, more channels have been announced for sling, including Comedy Central, BET, Spike, MTV, Nick Jr., and many others. I think, honestly, he's more excited about the Nick Jr. Because he has kids, <laughs> and it's safe for his kids to watch this sort of stuff on Sling. Um, Sorg, have you dealt a lot with with Sling? Because I, I, myself, I haven't had a whole lot of interaction no, with it.
0: it, it it's it's um, um, more for if you want to have a TV channel on, right? And, and considering how our schedules are, I haven't really considered it too, too much and haven't even gotten into a trial. But well, I'm keeping an eye on stuff like this.
2: Okay, so it's it's not like Hulu or Netflix that you can no no the, the basic
0: idea of Sling is, um, you buy a package, it loads up an app on, on your Apple TV, Roku, whatever, and it's it's basically you get this instead of cable. So it is like you can get this, this is a way for you to get ESPN if you're technically a cord cutter, um, and it's just an alternative to cable for the stations. There are some limited not DVRs but um um like kind of on demand. But it's it's really wonky in the fact like that was actually just listening to Core colors where they were talking about um, they're watching a channel, uh, Fox Sports, and they blacked out their their uh, uh, hockey game, which if they had legit cable, they wouldn't have been blacked out. So he had to go through a process in order to prove that he was actually lived where he lived since it was, since you could log in from anywhere and other things where sometimes certain programs, if you could just be watching Fox and maybe they decide the Simpsons is, is something that slings not going to carry and it's just going to black out for the half an hour on, on that channel. So there's these weird little things with this, since it's kind of a different take on, sh- on, on cable a little bit. Um, but, and even, you know, seeing, seeing these guys um, hop on and, and adding channels all the time and make it a little more interesting and hopefully they work out all the kinks.
1: Nice.
3: Cynthia, do you have um, cable, or are you a cord cutter? I so so for my apartment, when you know, they, you, there's a world of deals with um, the big C mm-hmm. when you um, are signing on, and I really only needed internet. And my decision was I was only going to have internet, and mm-hmm. they said, "Well, it will cost less for the first year if you also have HBO." Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, that's weird." But okay. <laughs> I trust that I will be able to not be hooked by the HBO and cancel it uh, once the year <laughs> is up. And so I'm still in that, that year. And, and I'll tell you the truth. I mean, I watched like True Detective, I think, um, and a few other things. And every now and again, I'll watch a movie. But most of the time, I'm just um, sort of Netflix and Amazon and um, a world of YouTube. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you've essentially cut the cord with the uh, HBO additive over there.
3: Yeah, I mean, it is nice to have, you know. So you think, I don't know, is there any like real difference as I'm sort of streaming um, Comedy Central over something versus watching the the because that is available apparently available along with the HBO and like you know PBS, um, <laughs> maybe one or two other things. Um, I don't really notice any difference, so I think that you know I'm not I'm not the most demanding of customers right now. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see as time goes on.
2: Okay, and Katie, I, I, know, I know that this is technologically technologically above your uh, friends VHS.
1: Yes, my V. No, my. I, I watch Friends on Netflix. The only thing I have on VHS are my Star Wars and wrestling tapes that Sorg gave me. So <laughs> now I'm still rocking my Netflix. Um, my mom's borrowed Xfinity password <laughs> to watch Raw and um, the WWE Network. Yeah, beyond that, I'm not. <laughs> That's nice. I watch. And then, of course, YouTube videos. Like, today I got pulled into the one where they had the Velociraptor as a pet. That mm-hmm. was hilarious. He's like a cat. He, The Velociraptor. The guy's looking at this bowl of cereal, and he's like, the Velociraptor's like, boop, boop. And he's like, don't you do it. And the guy's like, his owner's like, don't you do it. And he's like, boop, boop. And he's like, stop it. And he goes, boop. And he throws the ball on the floor like a cat. I was dying. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my YouTube for the day. Nice.
3: It's amazing how addictive YouTube is, like mm-hmm. more than anything, because you think, oh, just one more. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this one's very short. i will just go watch this one and then I'll go to bed. Next thing you know, it's 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's I, th- I think the keyword right there is short because you're not looking at it
2: saying, oh, I, I don't have half an hour to watch this mm-hmm. or I don't have an hour to actually put in to watch a full episode of something. Yeah, it's just two minutes. This one's just three minutes. This one is less than a minute. Oh, Sorg's pulling up the (laughs) the video. (laughs) It's
1: hilarious. He's just like, boop.
2: Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Boop.
0: Just search Pet Velociraptor um, um, YouTube breakfast, and you'll find it.
1: Yeah, this actually started with the T-Rex Tuesday. I don't know if you've ever looked at T-Rex Tuesday. They're on Facebook, and it's essentially a couple people who have the big T-Rex costumes. And they do things like ice skate and roller derby. And today they were in an elevator. So (laughs) this is what happens.
2: Thank you, YouTube. YouTube, providing hours and hours of entertainment. Dinosaur entertainment. Yes. Dinosaur entertainment. Yes, it's it's (laughs) It's a channel completely for Rachel Sager. Yeah, pretty
3: much.
2: (laughs) And all of us. All of us, of course.
3: Yes, yes, yes.
2: Now, I found an article this week, I think, Katie, that... um, Something. That, that you are going to have some fun with, uh, Yik Yak is adding a chat function. Ooh! Now, for those of us that aren't, aren't familiar with Yik Yak, we, we've done some videos with Yik Yak, and essentially, it's it's you know this interesting aspect of posting things anonymously and just by geographic region, you, you can you can pull them up and you can look at them. So, the fact that they're adding a chat function is is more interesting because instead of just posting responses you can actually chat with with the people
1: it, it, they were running I, I remember when i was still looking at yik yak they ran into you would see people like posting back and forth and they'd like hit me up on kick so everybody was leaving their app to go somewhere else and have conversations so it really makes sense that they find. i mean this is, seems like it should have been much earlier
2: Yeah, uh, the article actually indicates that it's, you know, toward building a real community instead of Mm -hmm. having to have the people go to a different platform. Um, But they're saying that it's a double-edged sword because anonymous chats typically lead to abuse. Mm -hmm. And the company is requiring that uh, both users opt into the chat. So you can invite someone to the message, but you can't actually send them a message until they... Acknowledge it. So it's kind of like with Facebook, you can't actually send somebody a message unless you're friends. Uh, You can make the friend request, send the the message that way, but otherwise you you can't direct message them without being friends with them, which I think is kind of safe in the Unknown internets of of Yik Yak.
1: Well, Yik Yak has done a good job of evolving in regards to safety. I mean, I can't. I'm not going to say it's the safest place. Obviously, anything with an anonymous chat is kind of a dangerous location. But they um, used to be, you could just post anything and reply to anything, and not. I mean, there was literally nothing. Like the only thing that I took was like the fact that I was on this particular phone, like my probably my IP address or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, now you have to, if you want to respond, you have to put in your email address or your phone number. So I mean, not that that's you can't just create, but it's at least it's another step.
2: Well, and the other nice thing that they're they're talking about is, um, if you're repeatedly reported or flagged, your user account will be suspended. So, I mean, they're they're setting out some safety features, you know, realizing that it's an anonymous platform. That they're setting for some decent steps to try to police it a little bit. I, I think.
1: I think with Yak, I, I mean, I'm not sure how popular... I mean, I know they're not as popular as they used to be. No, which it, is why they're trying to... They're very much reactive instead of proactive, which is yeah. kind of a dangerous terrain to be in, and, and especially in like platforms like this, I think like oh you have to think of these things in advance even in social media we're told you know always have that emergency plan in the back of your head what if something happens so like they just don't seem like they've had much forethought into this app it was like look at this cool app and then it's like oh wait a minute we need to do this now we need to do this now like the chat feature should have been there long ago
2: oh absolutely i agree um cindy have
3: have you had any experience with the yak no and um now i'm feeling uh really ancient
1: oh no don't oh believe me there's so many things that people
3: are like oh yeah i'm on this and i'm like what's that <laughs> I mean it seems pretty interesting um, but the whole idea of how does you know how does a community like does the community police itself does the mm-hmm. app want to take responsibility for you know policing them all of those things is, are so complex sometimes i mean either way you run into trouble because if the app is taking responsibility for it if the um, then when things go wrong they're feet are going to get held to the fire which has its pluses and negatives but the community can do it then they maybe they can do it better because there's more of them by, by you know necessarily but we have, we've seen like that go different ways with like a site like Slashdot, where you kind of gain power by being on it more power like you become a moderator and so on um, then there's like a very clear system and it's evolved over they've evolved it over time so that you understand exactly how it's going to work and the people who most care about it um, and most care about it being a good place Then have an incentive and means to like do more. And then you compare that with like a Wikipedia where the same kind of thing has been intended to happen. And yet somehow there are also these like cycles of, of trouble where people gain enough power and it seems like it goes to their head or mm-hmm. a, a clicks of power form. And so in both of those cases, you have the ability to be sort of anonymous or to be going under a pseudonym. And so it's, there's a lot of overlap to this. And, and so I'm, I'm wondering whether over time, you know, the company if Yak will want to, like, use the power of the community to monitor the community or if they'll feel like they'd, better, they'd be better off holding on to it themselves. So, so this idea of you can be flagged a couple times is why I'm thinking about it. So there's like, they're like trying to walk this middle ground, it sounds like. yes i i, I agree I'm with sorry, you i just bumped a whole bunch of like i feel like i mansplained that entire no,
2: <laughs> no, 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 no 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 you're 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 good um no it it's some valid stuff i mean like like you said it, it's kind of a double-edged sword with things and if if from one aspect of it yeah it could be a good thing if it's you know policed by by the mass community but then the mass community can run amok with it and and yeah it it could be it could be very
3: problematic but uh, If people you know who do know themselves know each other offline or they form friendships online and then they bond together to do a thing. And, yeah. And so it mm-hmm. depends a little bit on how that structure is all set up. And, yeah. and there's strength to it, but there's also, like you said, double it short. It, it can go either way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Fascinating to watch, though, as long as I'm not in it. Yeah, so if <laughs> yeah. you sit
2: back with a popcorn, yeah. mm-hmm. you're good to go, but not, not ground zero now. Um, yeah, so... Lots of interesting things happening over here. Um, Speaking of interesting things that that could go either way. (laughs) um, First response, the popular pregnancy test, now has a Bluetooth pregnancy test. And essentially what it is, is it has it set up that it syncs to the app, the the Pregnancy Pro test app, um, so that it...
3: By the way, the name ProTest app just seems oh, like... Oh, I know. <laughs> it,
2: was, it was hilarious. Like Pro-Test. Um, I know. But yeah, it, it's interesting because it, it comes with a free partner app that's available on Android, iOS, and Amazon. And once it's synced, it, it says that the app walks users through how to use the test and actually you know, take the test properly. And it also keeps them entertained <laughs> while they wait three minutes to get the results. Now, they they specify that those things aren't the problem portion of it. Um, It allows women through the app to track their ovulation cycles and their pregnancy and helps to maintain a calendar with the baby appointments and everything like that. Um, However, since it's Bluetooth-driven, the question becomes whether or not it's going to be hackable. And um, the, the concerns are with regard to the opt-in and how they share personal information with third parties and the third party marketing. So there's, there's a nice big question about, is it worth getting this app?
0: Wheels is saying you pee on your phone.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Not, not quite that much. Um, You know, I mean, if you, if you can't entertain yourself for the three minutes (laughs) to take you know, to run itself, I really, I really think you need to walk away from your device for just a little bit. Also, there's other stuff on your device to keep you busy. Like, you know, say Twitter, you know. Yeah. YouTube. Let's watch a video. Yik-yak. <laughs> Check out what's going on.
2: <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but the, the idea that they're even thinking that this is a good idea
3: to put in a pregnancy test. like, Well, you can see what they're doing. I mean, they are... You can see that that what they're trying to do is is this is these are all ways for that company to oh, absolutely. form a bond with you, so that you'll only use their pregnancy tests, and so that you know once you well, once you're pregnant and your you know and your baby comes around, then all of the stuff that they have for baby now is now yours. You know, so I can see why they're doing it. Oh, absolutely!
2: But, uh, but as someone in the market, this would be one of the pregnancy tests that I would not want to have, um, just because the potential for it. Like the, the information getting out there, like you said, I don't want to have everybody stalking me for, for products and whatnot. Um, and it seems it's, it's interesting because they have a a list of the app's permissions and like device and app history, identity, um, calendar, contacts, phone. Why did, why does a pregnancy test need access to my phone? Like it it read, read phone status and identify identity directly call phone numbers like, why would I need to have a pregnancy test? To have that permission on my phone? Like, I,
3: a doctor appointment or something? I don't.
2: Know. I have no idea. But it's just like, are you Listen, kidding? Listen, it
0: turns out you're really, really, really pregnant, and we need to take care of this now. <laughs> 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 so take care of this. Right now.
2: <laughs> Congratulations, you're pregnant. Let's call your mother.
0: Oh. <laughs> you know, like,
2: oh, oh, this, this
3: just, this was wow. I, I just.
0: Auto milestone on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, here the- it really does seem like way over, um, way overshoot though on these permissions. Like you say, for the, for all of these things, that's. And, and, and I mean, I wonder then is it is it at all granular so that I can have some of them on and some of them off? You know, so it it feels like they just they didn't think it through, like how people are going to feel about it, or maybe they did and they just didn't care, or they think that people aren't going to check.
1: Well, I like the, um, if the, uh, if you opt in, you, we may share your personal information with third parties for third party marketing purposes. So essentially you are now getting tailored ads for whether you're pregnant, whether you're not pregnant. Um, the, the whole range of products and all of those, um, you know, you have a friend that makes a mistake once that tells somebody or gives away their email address. Oh yeah, I'm getting married. You know how much crap they get in their in- email now that it's like, oh yeah, here, did you think about having this for your wedding? And this, I mean, a baby, I mean, there's even more stuff that goes into that. Even not having a baby. Oh, are you interested in, um, in vitro fertilization? Are you interested in this? Like, I mean, there's so many, do you need a counselor? Like there's so many routes that this could oh, absolutely. take that it's just, it's, I, I don't want an app telling me what I need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no more than other apps that already tell me what I need, but but at least <laughs> not you. I don't give you that permission.
3: <laughs> at least you, to- I, 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 you know, the thing is that a lot of this information is out in the world in different ways. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it all. I mean, it's all concentrated in my phone as well. So like Target could tell right away just based on the things that you're buying at Target that you're pregnant or mm-hmm. that you're not pregnant or that you're trying. So it can figure that kind of thing out on its own just based on what you bought. Um, so it's not like the information can't be acquired other ways, but it's just too easy with the phone is what I'm thinking.
1: I want companies to work for it. Do your research and work for my business. Don't just be, expect me to that hand it over. Big
3: data. You hire that big data analyst. Yeah, make this I'm happen. not
1: putting those people out of business. You realize every time you sign up for an app like this and give it all your permissions, somebody in big data loses a job. It's so a sad, sad world. <laughs> yes,
2: which means that the people at the company are making more money because they're not having to pay those big data people. Yeah, man, screw that. People don't read You're the opt-ins. <laughs> All right, Kate, going you, put, you put some other stuff in there other than your Tribeca story. Um, Starbucks. Starbucks. Oh, oh my gosh. Starbucks.
1: Who does not want a unicorn drinking coffee? Uh, Starbucks now has their own emoji keyboard, which is fantastic, because who doesn't need to send them their friends more... Um, Coffee drinking emojis. Yeah, it's it's literally unicorn drinking coffee because I think I would use that every day of my life. Um, Yes, I need a unicorn drinking coffee. So it's it's essentially another emoji keyboard. Those are coming. I think having a big swing right now because um, I have friends. I have I have younger friends that I work with that are telling me about all these different keyboards that they have in their phone because they want personalized. um, uh, images of them, you know, it's, the one has a, a dark haired girl, kind of has some of her features that instead of just the normal, hey, yay, it's, it's, it's something more to it. But I do like – I like Starbucks emoji keyboard because, like I said, we all like coffee. And, it, it's, and I love the fact that Starbucks is reaching into something that – in the tech world that's kind of a beyond – I mean, they're always kind of in there. You know what I mean? They're always doing something new and kind of pushing things, you know, about the the ordering from your phone. You know, they had gift cards in their phone way before anybody oh, yeah. else had commonplace. You know, we could pay with our phones way before anybody else. So I, I really appreciate how Starbucks is always kind of looking to push the tech and figure out a new way to keep in.
0: I could pay with my phone on Burger King. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, no. through their app. It, that mm-hmm. surprises me. I wonder how many people actually do that.
3: Here, here. I can tell you that for the Starbucks, like this just today I ordered um, Starbucks, walked across the street and there was a huge long line and then there were a bunch of people waiting for their coffee and as I literally, as I walked in the door, they called out, Cynthia. And they said, I am here. And I walked past every single one of Ooh. those people. Oh. I love that aspect. Yeah. I love that. I
1: do that with no weight. I love going into a place that's totally packed, in and then like, first. Oh, watch. it's Katie, yes. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, yeah. your table's coming up right next." And then people are just like, I I die. We, "We
0: did this at Panera so once. Rockstar. We did this oh. at one Panera once." But uh, I, I go to a Starbucks, see the line, go ahead and sit there and order, and start start working and wait for them to call my name. Yep. Yeah,
2: that work perfectly too, right? Yeah. yeah, I've I've done that a couple of times because you never know, like, the
0: it's like, I don't have time for this.
2: Yeah, the the Starbucks that's close to us that we usually like walk into. Uh, It can either be super, super busy or super, super dead, you know? Mm -hmm. So depending, and there's not really a specific time of day that this is. Mm -hmm. So I've gone in there in the afternoon and just walked right up and placed my order. I've gone in the same time on a different day and there's a line out the door, but yeah, it's, it's really nice and really super special. Now here's, here's my question, Katie, with Mm -hmm. the, with the Starbucks app or emoji keyboard. Can I order Starbucks with a text? like no. a canned dominoes not yet come they on need to, they need to work on that
3: there's not like an emoji for each size an emoji for each product because that would be they're, very simple they're, yeah there are
2: different yeah because i'm looking at the picture here in the
1: well
3: you can get the brown frap, the darker brown
1: frap, <laughs> <laughs> the, the pink frap. uh <laughs> that'd be a fun flavor option What do you like i would like the yellow drink <laughs> I see it in my emoji keyboard. What is this yellow drink? <laughs> yes, this dark brown one. I want that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a
2: fan of the the thought bubble with the Starbucks. Yes, I'm. So, I'm <gasps> These are just good
1: Starbucks. hints for your coworkers. Hey, uh-huh. <laughs>
3: group text. Actually, I'm realizing right now that you're the people I should ask. I I didn't. I don't know. I mean, I I should know. But what
0: is a flat white? Okay. Del- the they're delicious, is what they are. Mike's, Mike's got this. Um, I, I I can't remember the entire configuration of what it is, but it's just really smooth. I got into it around like the the uh, whatever Christmas flat white that they had, mm. and that's basically my go to anymore. So,
3: so what we're learning is that you are an early adopter, not just of technology, but of of caffeinated products.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, this is true. This is true. Yes.
2: Yes. Not sorry. at all surprised sorgas fueled by by caffeine.
0: I'm even learning uh, because I saw I saw one of our restaurant friends like uh, talking on on Periscope by americano. So I'm like, well, what is that? And I, anyway, I'm trying that out. So I'm I'm otherworldly. I'm not just getting the black coffee as I usually do. Um, so you know, trying. try. try. Not, not that I'm an aficionado, but True.
2: sorry, I'm I'm Wikipediaing uh, what a flat white is for with latte art. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: I need latte art.
2: Ooh, can I go... It's, and, can it's a coffee beverage that originated in New Zealand. It's prepared mm-hmm. by pouring microfoam, which is steamed milk consisting of small, fine bubbles with a glossy or velvety consistency, over a single shot or double ristretto shot of espresso. So it's
3: like a, it's it's basically a tiny bubble cappuccino. Yeah. So it's kind of the difference between a Prosecco and a Champagne. Yes, that's what it sounds I'm like. I'm trusting you on that one. <laughs> yes, that that's what it sounds
2: then, like interesting so now we know
3: sorg and we're better people for it
2: yes i, I think i think sorg should
1: go on a starbucks run now yeah. oh yeah i need more coffee i I'll order
3: coffee. it for you from here <gasps> oh, that's a real friend you would get the unicorn <laughs> coffee
1: emoji from me <laughs> you deserve that you know what? I can't do a show on AwesomeCast without talking about VR porn. <laughs> and especially with a ladies' takeover day, because you, know, yeah, you so, knew I was going to bring this up.
3: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, Cynthia, if you've not watched the show recently, anything with VR porn, I find it fascinating. So <laughs> I had to bring an article over for us. I'm so glad I'm here. Yeah, see? I, <laughs> you didn't even know. See, maybe this is why you need VR. You didn't. So maybe I'm giving you a compelling <laughs> reason to get virtual reality. But it's interesting, because they were talking about, this was a Wired conversation, this is an article, and then they had a, a, there's a video, if you want to watch the video, it's not safe for work, but, um, there's a video where they kind of do an interview with some of the, the people involved with VR porn, and, um, it's interesting that the things that they picked out, like, it has fewer cuts, uh, because it makes it look realistic, and actual sex doesn't come with all sorts of viewpoints, all first person, um, a thing is is um, the ladies in probably gentlemen in the videos um, have a harder time holding positions because you have to stand back from the camera, so it's a little bit more uncomfortable. And also because you can look at any parts of the body, you can you, there's really you can't hide. So it's it's they're feeling a new level of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And one of the coolest things in this was the fact um, that they use this setup with a seven camera seven GoPro camera setup just kind of put together and most of it's done in post-production <laughs> hmm. it's it's kind of i don't think like, even mashable got into it and it, it's it's interesting it's it's like wait a minute you you know how cosmo tells us every every week or every month that you know sex is changing they're right <laughs> i'll never admit that again but everything is like it's all new this is different i don't and like i said i like to go rig. i think that's pretty cool it's a yeah, very simple rig. The, the picture of the
2: GoPro rig is is pretty cool. Um, I, I'm appreciating the comment that uh, the performers take on, on filming VR porn. That it's a lot more physically challenging because the male performers can't really move, <laughs> so most of the performance is up to the to the ladies, and uh, it can feel a bit awkward at times because he can't talk. So it's like I'm talking dirty to myself. Like these, these are the problems that people are finding with <laughs> VR porn. <laughs> I have to talk to myself, and my partner really doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> this is boring.
3: That that sounds uh, very like um, sex. So there you
1: go. <laughs> I haven't convinced her she needs virtual reality. I'll have to work harder next time. Next wow. time you are on the show, I have more VR articles about.
3: <laughs> excellent, excellent. The camera rig—that seems like anyone could do that, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's this is very. I'm trying
1: to figure out if it's something they purchased or kind of put together on their own.
2: Yeah. Sorg is already like in the background, putting cameras together, trying to figure out how to make this work.
3: Right. But I can see why it would be, I mean, pretty complicated. And when, yeah. And so I'm looking here at the, so this is VR and the women. So I haven't clicked this um, link. Um, it seems like, you know, the people there are actually, they're wearing green, almost like they could be on green screen. Is that what's happening then when, when they go and put it through post-production? So that you're like mapping in your boobs and all the Ooh, good things? I don't know. That's an interesting thought.
0: No, I think that's the theme of the porn.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need feedback from us? Thanks you? for setting us straight there. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
0: Thank you, sir. It's, it's just my guess.
1: But that's interesting. Like, I never thought about using green screen and VR and porn. This is like, we're just expanding all the technologies oh. into one time. Oh, and that way, if you could just use one person wearing a, you know, some sort of green screen outfit, you could make them look however you wanted. Yeah. So you really only need one actor, right, Sorg? Sorg is shaking his head.
0: Then, no, not entirely just like, I can't believe how you. it would work, I don't think. <laughs> I
3: think no. we're, 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 ter- we're actually now recreating, I think, Second Life, if I'm not mistaken. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> VR Second Life.
0: <gasps> Although there, there was some discussion about that at the uh, group last week. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, control all VR I think it's called mm-hmm. um so I'm kind of been curious about like what that all, that's all about which apparently a bunch of people in a room watching a video on the wall mm-hmm. but, I don't know um well hopefully hopefully we'll talk a little bit about our VR group in the, in the future
2: well this is uh getting back to the not sexual <laughs> horn commentary um I found an article that I thought was really interesting um city gives in to people who walk by embedding traffic lights in the sidewalk. Uh this I was I was reading it's in um Augsburg, Germany. Because people refuse to look up from their phones, they've put traffic signals in the sidewalks. And it's kind of an interesting concept because how many people are actually paying attention to the sidewalk even though if, I mean if they're not looking up, obviously they're not looking up to see the traffic control devices. But um I know that various places here in the States are having problems with pedestrian accidents because people just don't look and they didn't look before smartphones. And now it's just making it that much more worse. Um,
3: It seems like what we would rather have would be for the phone to sense that you're approaching a corner and like to either shut itself off or put a great big stop or something in your face. Yeah, pretty much.
1: Oh, that would be neat.
2: But yeah, this, um, They're saying in in this article that it came about because uh, a 15-year-old was texting, uh, walking across the street, and, you know, a tragic accident. Um, But they found that the floor-level traffic lights, if they place them near, you know, tram stops, they flash red when a tram is approaching. Um, But even that, there's the question of, like, we have the the T, it, would it recognize for the tea passing through versus a, a vehicle? Um, mm. Yes, I mean that there's a lot of different aspects with it. And uh, here in Pittsburgh, we also get snow on the ground. Yeah, and I would imagine that Augsburg, Germany, because you know Germany. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the snowfall in Germany would be, but well, different parts, different. Parts. Yeah, different parts, different things. I, I, I get that part, but. Like, just just the concept of this, I I think, is interesting, especially since instead of setting forth pedestrian traffic laws or enforcing pedestrian traffic laws, they're trying to bend it to how the mass flow is going anyway. And
1: there's smombies. Yes. Yes. The the people that are walking, they're calling
3: them smombies. (laughs) Social media zombies.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I'm I'm pulling this up so we can actually see what it says. That's um, kind of amazing. Zombie
1: they're they're texters. not called
2: zombie texters for nothing. Um, in Germany, this is shortened to Smombies. smombies. Yep. I like that phrase. <laughs> yes. You are. Are you gonna have Smombies in your I want your smombies zombie in thing? My heart. That's- see, I I just I think it's interesting that they're giving this a shot to see how it's going to work in comparison. Um, and specifies, you know, they're taking pun intended, the road less traveled, um, by doing it because most municipalities and government authorities institute pedestrian laws, you know, um, you, if, if you are crossing and, and you are using social media or you're looking at your phone and not paying attention, you know, they find you, they cite you, um, and they try to put it on the pedestrian whereas they're trying to make it more adaptive which i think is is interesting um
3: yeah i mean there's a whole bunch of politics in this thing i mean just even the idea that the the car has the right of way over the person that seems wrong you know like <laughs> yeah. i mean in real life you know and, and many people in the united states seem to be completely unaware that they that they need to yield to a pedestrian at a crosswalk and they'll just go blithely through um uh, so, so, so the idea though, that, um, walking or bicycling is an alternative mode of transportation as opposed to, you know, a much more, you know, a, a car is a much more recent form of transportation. So why, why aren't the older, more traditional and, you know, more, um, you know, healthful and beneficial, uh, forms of transportation, wh- you know, why are they like we have to, you know we're going to penalize people for, for using them. So right there, there's a the whole political thing. And then on the other hand, you know, I drive my car and, there are real jerks who walk around and just in the middle of the, yeah. of the way without using their their phone is nowhere to blame because they are looking up and w- looking right at me and walking in front of me. You know, so screw you, Mister. <laughs> um, so also, so there's so nobody here is really necessarily always doing the right thing because um, that's how humans are. But the I the eye. Uh, so I'm I'm not excited at this this idea of putting lights in the sidewalk because it seems like a short term solution and a longer term solution just feels like, you know, let's have the pedestrians walk somewhere where the cars aren't or put the cars away or, you know what I mean? Route the cars around the situation rather than try to make us all, you know, be afraid of them.
2: Yeah. And that's kind of, when I, when I was reading it, that's what I thought as well is, you know, what there's gotta be a better solution somewhere. And like you said, feet, the initial mode of transportation hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years ago, uh feet. <laughs> that, there were no automobiles, there were no bicycles, it was all feet. Um but yeah it, it's it's interesting. Like I I work in Mount Lebanon and one of the I was biggest things
3: Mount Lebanon is like yep. you know ground zero for this.
2: Yep. One of the biggest things is you drive into Mount Lebanon, right there next to the safety center, they have one of those uh little light up sign things that's it's, specifically says and it doesn't flash it doesn't continue like it doesn't read a different message it stays steady and it says um crosswalk parking is enforced or crosswalk use is enforced by you know, for pedestrians um lots of times i will see pedestrians just like you said cindy just cross willy-nilly in the middle of the street without crosswalk and right in front of a car and they don't care because they're trying to catch the train heading to downtown or heading to wherever at this point, because downtown stops up at uh Potomac with, with the construction going on, but they just don't care mm-hmm. <laughs> and they don't look up. And if you do something as a vehicle driver, you know, shout at them or, or whatever, tell them, you know, Hey, you should have, you should look up. I almost just
3: hit you. They look and say, that's not my fault. And then on the flip side of it, you know, uh, you know, I live and work and people just will not there. We have crosswalks over the place marked, you know, you have to let people. So the people who are legitimately doing the right thing and, and waiting at the crosswalk, the cars are just plowing through. plowing oh, yeah. Through, yeah. Which is clearly wrong.
2: Well, that's um, Dormont has a couple of different crosswalks and they're uh, like there's one there next to the diner and four lanes of traffic coming through in the morning two in either direction. And I see this woman cross trying to cross the crosswalk. I stop because that's what you're supposed to do. And the people behind me are blowing their horns. And the lady was like, I'm not stepping out there because these people are yahoos and they're not stopping. So thank you anyway. But Mm
3: -hmm.
2: yeah, So so again, it's, it's just kind of interesting that that's the mentality that people are taking with things.
3: It's, it's, I almost you know feel like we ought to have to take um you know a driver's test every couple of years you know when you renew your license you actually have to renew your license and like prove that you know the laws that you learned back when you were 16 mm-hmm. 17
1: years. oh absolutely oh my gosh the things I've probably forgotten
2: yeah <laughs> I don't I don't know that any of us have passed our driver's test right now the written portion of it let alone the driving portion of it actually I'm looking at you
1: debtors I'm fine
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't switch people. No, you you don't smush people. You're nice. I try not to smush people. I do get very angry. I I think that's a good rule to try not to smush people. people.
1: I I am one of those people that gets very, very upset whenever um, someone does walk out in front of you and they don't wave like, thank you for not killing me. Like, I feel like you should at least go, oh, thanks for not murdering me. (laughs) Thank you for not running me down, even though you probably could.
2: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. That's what I'm thinking in my head. You are larger than me. Alright, well uh, I think it's uh about time to wrap things up over here. Sorg is, is giving us the 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 little hand signal over there. Um
1: He's flicking us off.
2: Pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like you guys have occupied way much of my show. Go away. Um <laughs> <but> <laughs> Thank you very much, Cindy, for coming on and uh Katie. Thank you, Sorg, for for your input and running for our texts. And it's been an interesting change of pace because mm-hmm. Sorg is actually doing our show notes and our tweeters for today um instead of me because we're we're doing a ladies show so
1: Cynthia where can we find you now what are you up to now
3: I am a partner at shift collaborative which is a creative agency in east liberty right by the whole foods so they get a lot of my whole paycheck but anyway <laughs> yeah. not, you know we're doing creative interesting things um and so I guess do I have a plug um uh, I, I want to plug a, a nonprofit that I'm part of called Social Venture Partners. We're doing some interesting new things with helping to connect people with nonprofits so that it's not just throwing money at problems but trying to connect skills up with, with nonprofits. So if you're interested, look for socialventurepartners.org slash Pittsburgh or just get a hold of me and I will point you in the right direction. Very cool. Very, very cool.
2: You're always doing fun yeah. stuff.
3: Oh, She's one of
1: the cooler people we know.
2: You know she, that, right? She is.
3: <laughs> like, oh, gosh. You guys make
2: me blush. Uh, we, we could do more, but we'll we'll, we'll cut it back.
1: Katie? Uh, you can find me. Um, lately, I've been at the ScareHouse. We're doing ScareHouse Weekly uh, kind of behind-the-scenes videos every Thursday, so look for those. We got the podcast back up. It'll be first uh, episode in a while tomorrow. Kind of redid some things there. And, yeah, so um, if you're interested in, you like ScareHouse on Facebook, you can follow us on the scare house on twitter we're on instagram we're all over the place now
0: and we can announce you're officially on the panel in a couple weeks i
1: think i'm on a panel
0: yes you're on a panel
1: (laughs) some sort of podcasting panel
0: yes in a couple weeks there will be a uh uh uh, an evening with pod camp will return uh has jim Cren, uh brian uh brian Crawford from the river's edge uh buzzy from epicast and professor buzzkill and dutters from the Scarehouse podcast and the awesome cast will be joining us yep. so uh it's gonna be up our work hard it's may 12th i think it is check mm-hmm. out PodCamp pittsburgh's uh facebook page mm-hmm. events and everything for all the information so
1: yeah I've actually three podcasts in my i've done three podcasts by the time the day ends today Three different ones. Oh, nice. So I did nice. Scare House earlier, and then it, we're Wrestling Mayhem Show takeover in a little mm-hmm. bit here, too. Yep. And yeah, not bad for someone who can't stand the sound of her own voice. Yeah,
2: I'm with you on that one.
0: Welcome to it.
1: Yeah. Um, yes. And who are you, Missy?
2: Hi, I'm Missy. Um, normally, I would plug Sorg stuff. I'm still going to plug Sorg stuff in some capacity, but I'm going to plug a different variety of Sorg stuff. We've been working on a little side project uh, called Sidekick Media. And sorg will occasionally plug it on the show uh, we're trying to do some of the business stuff so we're, we're doing video and social media and audio work for for clients and yeah that's that's where you can find me that and podcamp mm-hmm. Podcamp will be making some awesome announcements in the next uh, next few weeks next few days actually Wow there will be a fun announcement coming out because unofficially officially officially unofficially we have dates, and we will share them, and it'll be amazing. It'll be awesome, and we also have our event at the uh, at the library here in Beachview tomorrow night.
0: Oh yeah, I'm teaching about podcasting. I'm in, it's an introduction to podcasting. Please come out if you're in the area. Yes, Beachview Carnegie Library in Beachview is the part where there's still tracks on the road. Can't miss it.
2: Well, thanks to everyone uh, for, for our awesome guests, our awesome audience. Thank you for being awesome. And our awesome Sorg for, for being awesome. (laughs) We'll Uh, keep them this week. Maybe. Mm -hmm.
1: So we'll see you next week.
2: So yes, next week. And next week we'll be back to our, our usual cast of characters. So you'll have Sorg and Chilla who unfortunately showed up in studio tonight, not realizing that the ladies were taking over poor Chilla. Sorry, man. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so so check in and catch us on The River's Edge on Thursday. Thursday? Thursday.
1: After, after funny money. Ah,
2: after funny money, yes. Thursdays
1: at 8 a.m. Thank you. Tell them, you've been our awesome audience. You have an awesome day. And I don't remember the rest. And an awesome week. Have an awesome week. Not just an awesome day. Have an awesome week.